I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm reacting live to Apple's brand new iPad Pro. Hit subscribe so you don't miss the full review, and let's do this. Sponsored by CuriosityStream with Nebula. You didn't have to break in, Tim. You run the place. You just had to say, make it so. That's right. The M1 chip is not just in the Mac. It's now in iPad Pro. Apple's always had the A-series for the iPhone and the iPad, and now, and send M, which literally meant Mac, I believe, for the Mac. And this could just come down to manufacturing efficiencies because it's easier to just, like I said in my video about this, Apple could just fab these chips and use the economies of scale to make them for both, but they could still have branded it anything that they wanted. They're deliberately choosing to brand it M-series. And that might just be because how popular M has already become. And because M1 shares the same fundamental architecture of A-series chips, iPad OS is already built to take full advantage of its powerful technology. So this is going to be identical performance to something like the iPad, the, sorry, the MacBook Air. It's just going to have the different thermal constraints of the physical envelope of the iPad. And Apple presumably not using those Mac-specific IP blocks, things like the virtualization acceleration, the Intel emulation translation. I guess the bigger question now is what's the RAM story going to be? Apple talks about RAM for the Mac, but not for the iPad. And we know the M1 on the MacBook has 8 gigabytes and 16 gigabytes of memory. And the industry-leading power efficiency of M1 enables all of that amazing performance, along with all-day battery life, in the incredibly thin and light design of iPad Pro. Two terabytes, very nice to see on the iPad Pro. The USB-C port already supports super fast data transfers. And now we're adding Thunderbolt with USB 4 support as well. So M1 already had the Thunderbolt controllers really fast, Thunderbolt controllers, two of them on board, uh, you know, on the package, sorry. But now we're getting just one, obviously. I would love, I would love two ports on the iPad itself, one on each end. I mean, if it's going to be orientation independent, just lean into it being orientation independent and let me have one on each side so I can plug in on each side like I can on the higher end MacBooks. But at least this will give us way faster data transfer. We've added 5G to iPad Pro. So if you have in your area, if you have either uh, low band or mid band 5G sort of uh, frequency range one, uh, you'll see improvements in everything from uh, just the general availability, the lack of congestion, Two, if you're in the mid-band, you know, maybe twice as much speed. Uh, and of course, there will be millimeter wave, uh, the high-band system. Customers love taking stunning photos and videos on their iPad. I'm really curious about the camera story because the iPad Pro, even the iPad Pro has always been just such a step behind the iPhone. Uh, and I understand why just from a cost, like a bill, bill of goods, a bill of material standpoint, Apple can't put the same kind of they can't put the same kind of cameras into the iPad unless they're willing to make the price go up even higher. Uh, but I would just, I would love for them to give us everything they could. Check out this new version of Clips, which uses the LiDAR scanner to transform your living room into a magical space for your next video. How fun is that? And with the more powerful ISP and M1, we get smart HDR3. And here, so yeah, we're getting all of the photography features from the, um, the iPhone 12 image signal processor. And the A14 and the M1 are identical in, in most ways. So this, all the, the advancements in computational photography that we got with the iPhone 12, we're getting now uh, with this new iPad Pro. It features a new 12 megapixel sensor with a 122 degree field of view. What's amazing is as you move around, it automatically pans to keep you in the shot. And that's not all. When others join in, it recognizes them too. 
and zooms out to fit everyone into the view. One of my dreams has always been a dock on the HomePod that you could just stick an iPad in and they'd become one of those home speakers with displays. But I mean, maybe this is the first step towards that or to a built-in system like we've heard rumors about on, the, on a next generation HomePod. We know our users are increasingly creating content with the high brightness and high contrast ratio of HDR. Now, Apple hasn't used OLED on iPads previously because OLED has uh, some issues in general. It requires a lot of mitigations, like it'll shift colors when you go off access. It has burn-in problems, uh, just a a host of things. And the brightness cannot be consistent on larger panels. So Apple hasn't used those so far on the iPads. And rumor has it they'll be using something. Well, they're going to stick with not using it, use something else. We're bringing the stunning front of screen performance of our Pro Display XDR to our 12.9 inch iPad Pro so our users can take their XDR workflow wherever they go. This is the new Liquid Retina XDR display and it delivers a thousand nits of full screen brightness. Not quite as high as the OLED uh, on the iPhone, but it goes to 1600 nits peak brightness. I, I spoke too soon. So yeah, this, this is top notch. And to fit within the ultra-thin iPad Pro design, these LEDs need to be incredibly small. So we developed a mini LED, which is over 120 times smaller in volume than the previous design. This is kind of confusing because mini LED is a thing, although Apple could be developing their own version of mini LED or just, you know, purpose building them for what they need to put into the iPad. There are over 10,000 LEDs that deliver XDR level brightness on that stunning 12.9 inch display. That's a massive increase over the 72 LEDs that were in the previous iPad Pro. 72 LEDs compared to 10,000, little bit of difference. We then grouped these mini LEDs into over 2,500 local dimming zones. So when you look at OLED, those are self-illuminating. That means that the pixel illuminates itself and you get very little light bleed. But when you have an entire LED backlight, even when you're trying to do you know, some areas that are dark, the, the brightness leaks over, bleeds over into those areas, and you get sort of that off-gray, black, shadowy area instead. But with local dimming zones, you can more tightly, more specifically control what you illuminate and what you don't. And that gives you that much deeper, darker, inky shadows and blacks and much brighter highlights and the contrast ratio, the much higher high dynamic range contrast ratio in between. The light is then shaped by a series of incredibly thin, custom designed optical films and diffusers. But yeah, basically Apple is using mini LED instead of OLED to solve for high dynamic range on the iPad. And I honestly, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it on MacBook Pro either. Everyone can enjoy a mobile cinematic viewing and listening experience with support for HDR video formats like HDR10, HLG, and Dolby Vision. And the advanced sound system supports Dolby Atmos as well. And it's got ProMotion, of course. You know, one of the problems with going to OLED is that up until now, Samsung Display couldn't produce enough LTPO panels to allow for ProMotion. This is because Apple sells so many devices. But now that is solved, and we should see it for the iPhone uh, later this year. But there, because that's already been solved, you know, back in 2017, uh, with the iPad, Apple can go from LED to mini LED and maintain that ProMotion. Apple Pencil transforms iPad Pro into an immersive drawing canvas and the world's best note-taking device by far. And the Magic Keyboard. Not only is it a great typing experience, it's now also available in a gorgeous new white color. No fruity colors for the iPad Pro, though. Not even the pastel colors 
like the um, iPad Air. So I guess Apple is still thinking that pros don't like to have any fun. We do. Pros like to have fun. Give me some colors. Even with M1 and the other incredible new technologies, the 11-inch iPad Pro still starts at just $799. So Apple wasn't able to reduce that, but at least they've packed in much better silicon, much better features for that. $1099, though, for the iPad Pro with the mini LED and the M1. As mini LEDs have got to be expensive. Both feature the breakthrough M1 chip, making each the fastest device of its kind. I don't see U1 anywhere here. I want U1 in everything. Just U1 all the things at this point. The new iPad Pro joins the rest of our incredible lineup and pushes the iPad experience even further. It's amazing to look at how similar the iMac and iPad Pro look now. It's almost like they're taking the same DNA and just expressing them in whatever format better suits that particular working environment. For the full-length version of my Apple event coverage, head on over to Nebula. That's where I post all my videos, ad-free, sponsor-free, and many of them with extended bonus content, like my collabs with MKBHD, I Justine, John Gruber, and so many more. And you can get a Nebula subscription for free when you sign up to CuriosityStream using the link in the description or at curiositystream.com slash And right now, the bundle is over 40% off for Earth Day. That means for less than $12 a year, you'll get access to their thousands of documentaries and series like Engineering the Future, as well as the ad-free and often extended videos on Nebula from Legal Eagle, Thomas Frank, Lindsay Ellis, Mary Spender, Nando V Movies, Mariana, and so many more. All right now at 40% off, less than $12 a year. Just click the link in the description or go to crossdaystream.com slash Richie. It really helps out this channel. Hit the playlist above for all the videos on all of Apple's brand new products. Every feature, every detail, every comparison. Just hit that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.